Hey friends, uh, good to see you. Actually, for good for you to see me, I guess. I don't know. But hey, glad you're joining us. Quick question, really quick question for you. Do you remember your first job? Your first job. My first job was actually working at a hospital. I was preparing food for patients. That was my thing. Uh, do you remember that? Your first job? How about your first paycheck? I remember my first paycheck too. Man, and wow. Uh, and that's when it happened. I developed a very, very intimate relationship with money when I got my first paycheck. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because, uh, so I remember, I'll never forget it. I remember that I had a birthday once and uh, it was like, you know, right after I got, I had a job and I was getting paid. And in my culture, or maybe it was just the friends I hung out with, uh, every time it was your birthday, you would pay. For stuff like you would take your friends out. It wasn't the other way around. I mean, that's why I'm so glad that I'm in the U.S. But anyways, back in that time, I mean, I was supposed to pay for my friends and I decided on my birthday to pretend that I was sick because I want I chose to keep my money and not hang out with my friends because I'm like, I'm going to be broke after this birthday. I'm telling you, that was seriously something that I was like, what am I doing? But I was all fine with it. See, that's when it happened, I believe. I started this intimate relationship, maybe even an unhealthy relationship with money. And you know what? I think we all do. We all have a relationship. I chose money over my friends. And I think for some of us, if you were honest, we choose other things. We choose money over important things in our life. I think for some of us, we choose money over our peace, our true satisfaction, our joy in our lives, even some friendships and deep relationships. We choose money. Well, today, I want to talk about how I think we just need to get it together. We need to realize that sometimes money allows us a lot of great things, but also causes us uh, to become people that we never intended to be. So we need to get it together. Now, we started a brand new series last week talking about getting it together, talked about spirituality. So it's on demand on YouTube. You can watch that. But this morning, let's talk about finances. And in this climate, in this climate, it's a whole different conversation. And let me just tell you really quick. I want to pray for us, but I want to tell you right up front, this is not a giving talk. Okay, it's not like I'm giving this talk so you can tithe to Mosaic. This is not one of those talks, okay? This is one of those talks about how God is convinced that how we manage our money is so connected to who we're becoming. In one sense, who we're becoming depends on how we manage our money. And so I want to talk to us about our treasures, what gives us satisfaction, and what actually truly should give us satisfaction. What is a true hope and what is the hope that disappoints? What is a true reality and what is really a false reality? So let's pray together and we'll get started. Father, I thank you so much for this, uh, for this day. I thank you, God, that um, right now this, uh, this conversation is going to hit so many different ways to so many people's lives, God. Because for some of us, God, in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of this uh, economy that we're in, God, regardless where we are in the world, there's unemployment. There is a lot of ambiguity going on. And there's a lot of just frustration. And the future looks bleak for some of us, God. God, I know that you need to speak to uh, all of us today. And so I would just say, God, would you put me aside, do whatever you have to do, and use your words, God, because you have the words of life. And you are the word of life. So speak, speak to us, speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, Jesus himself gives us a lot of insight into our relationship 
with money. You have a relationship, like I said, I've got one as well. Um, he gives us so much insight and he is convinced that how that, that sometimes money makes us choose um, money versus the important things in life. And it's really connected to who we're becoming. In fact, in Matthew 6, he says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. In another translation, in a paraphrase translation, he says this. It says, for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Your, your heart will always pursue. Basically, your heart, that money, in a sense, can actually mold and change and evolve and transform you. Money can mold your heart and soul. You're becoming a certain kind of person by the way you are managing the treasures in your life, managing the money in your life. And it's so unique for all of us. Like, we're not the same. You have, uh, depending on how much money you have now or how much money you had before or when you or you grew up in, you we have a unique relationship with money. Because for some of us, um, our, 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 our hearts are connected to our treasure, in a sense, They're connected to our, 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 you know, our money because it, it makes us feel a certain way, doesn't it? Like, uh, like it's so true, as Jesus says, that our soul, our emotions are connected to this. The truth is our, our net worth sometimes is connected to self-worth. I mean, think about it this way. For some of us, money gives us security. It does, isn't it? It gives you security. And then for, for others of us on the flip side, it, it makes us insecure as well. We don't have it. And for some of us, it gives us power. Money gives us power. Money is one thing that makes all of us think that we're indestructible. I mean, we're very rich people believe that they're just, they're, they're, they're beyond everybody else. It's, 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 it's a unique thing because it's a weird relationship. It's an unhealthy relationship when it comes to money. So uh, for one side, it gives us power. On the other side, if you don't have it, it makes us vulnerable. Uh, on the others, it makes us feel that we're significant. And on the other, it says we're insignificant because we don't have a certain amount of net worth or we don't have a certain amount of things in our life or we don't drive a certain car or live a certain place or live a certain kind of lifestyle. It's, it's so unique. For some, money gives us comfort. For others, it gives us anxiety. I mean, it's a strange thing, isn't it? It, it causes us all kinds of stuff, things. It gives us, it, it allows us, a lot of luxury and then a lot of hardship as well if we don't have it. So it's it's so interesting, but I never would have thought, honestly, never would have thought the way you and I manage our resources, manage our money, actually shapes our souls. But here, when you look at the scriptures, when it talks about resources and money, it always talks about your soul and who you're becoming. So if you don't catch anything else, just know this, who you're becoming is connected to how you're managing the resources, the money that God has given you. Well, the scriptures don't end there. It actually give, they give us more insight on what this actually looks like and what this means. First Timothy, uh, the scripture says, um, actually Paul is writing to Timothy and he says this, and it's, it's again in the paraphrase translation. It's called the Passion Translation. And let me read this to you because it, it, it moves the conversation forward. Here's what it says. He's writing to Timothy to tell the church something. He says this, to all the rich of this world, I command you not to be wrapped in thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth. For your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Trust instead 
in the one who has lavished upon us all good things, fulfilling our every need. What is he saying here? He's saying, hey, tell people who have wealth, who have riches, who, who, who have prosperity, not to be fooled by those things and not to rely on those things. Because even though it gives us you, gives you a sense of security, a sense of power, a sense of significance, um, a, a comfort, it gives you these things, it's really is not reliable. There's, there's something deeper going on, and you have to understand it. Your, your, your relationship with money has to be one that's very healthy. Because if it's unhealthy, you and I will begin thinking thoughts of and be convinced of that money, when it is ours. And you would think, of course it's mine, bro. Of course it is. But, I mean, think about it. It's, it's, it's all mine. And it's all supposed to be for me. And it's all supposed to be spent on me and my needs. You see... Um, we know and we tell people, hey, it's not all about you. But when it comes to our money, we're okay with that. See, money allows us to just kind of give ourselves a little bit of getaway. You know, it gives us a little bit of like, oh, well, well when it comes to that, it's really yours. Would it be interesting to look at the scriptures and go, maybe it's not all these things. Maybe it's not supposed to be all mine. Maybe maybe this idea that you have, like, it's there's, there's not enough to go around. Maybe that's not true. See, uh, I, um, I'm an immigrant here, and uh, when I came to the States, um, I was looking around for my people, you know, and I noticed the first couple of months that when I would see someone who looked like me, or I would think that maybe they're from, you know, Kuwait or uh, from Pakistan, they would never say hello. Like, I would look at them, and they were like, they would be rude. And I talked to my brother once, and I told him, hey, what's going on here? Because all the other people who look like us are not friendly to us. And he gave me an interesting insight. He said, you know, there's a, there's a certain group of people who believe that there's not enough to go around when it comes to the U.S. And so if, so if I made it to the, as an immigrant, if I made it to this country and, and they're here, I'm taking from their bowl. Like I'm taking from them. Like the opportunity there that, um, that they might be uh, allowed to step into, I'm taking it because I made it to the U.S. And I'm like, shouldn't we all be excited that we all made it here? But that was, that's not the case. It's so interesting. It's because you live your life thinking when it comes to money, it's never enough. So you need to get yours. You need to get what's coming to you. And then you got to hoard. And, and then you think you kind of deserve it as well. And you're like, this is what I did. This is what I have. I think it's connected to maybe the beginning of how you had was into, were introduced to money and the kind of life we lived. I mean, I didn't live really a rich life in Kuwait. My, I mean, we lived in one apartment complex with one bedroom for five of us. And I, that's just the kids. So there was total seven, uh, no, seven, yeah, yeah, seven of us. I mean, we, uh, we were not living it up by any stretch of the imagination. And so my relationship with money was also one that, okay, well, you got to earn it, you got to earn it, but then you got to protect it. And my mom was, man, my mom was uh, all about that. Uh, uh, I kid you not, she had this storage uh, closet or space, and she would get all the new things my dad would bring. My dad got to travel a little bit with his business, and so he would go and get these sample of things, you know, like they would go out, and and he would get all these cool things, and he'd, sometimes he'd, he'd like to spend money, and, uh, you know, I think that's where I get it from. He liked to spend money, get new things, and she would not either wear them or use them. She'd just store them. It was the joke growing up. I'm like, mom, why are you storing all these things? Why are you storing all these things? And I'm not talking about like things for a couple months. I'm talking about years. And she's like, well, one day I'm going to give this to your kids. I'm like, 
a spatula, really? And I'm like, because it was a fancy one, I'm like, what are you doing? She was kind of like a, I'm gonna protect the money, I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it, and possessions too, I'm gonna just keep, keep all the stuff. And sadly, guys, we went through a war. I mean, Iraq invaded Kuwait one night, and it changed the game for us. In fact, we lost so much of that, all the stuff that she collected. I mean, I think of all the fires that are going out. I mean, the West Coast, man, people and friends there, man, if you're watching, I know I'm praying for you. I kind of feel all the, I can only imagine the kind of loss people are facing right now. Um, but I know that there were treasures. There were people who stored all kinds of things in their house. And uh, I was watching live footage of this fi these fires. And some of these are going so fast, burning up so fast. People have lost so many things. You see, when, you're, but when your heart is connected to those things, it breaks your heart. It changes your heart. It breaks your soul even because you've lost something. And so that's why the scriptures say, hey, when it comes to riches, when it comes to prosperity, um, hold on to it, but hold on to it with open hands. Like don't, don't hold, keep it like this is it. This is, this is who I am because you never want your network to translate this self-worth. You never, ever want that. But it's so easy for us to do that. And some of us, we are feeling the anguish. We're feeling the anxiety, the stress, the insecurity. We're feeling all these things because of the lack of resources, the lack of money, or what we have done with it, or how we've mismanaged it. So is there, is there a better way? I think there is. I think, I think there truly, truly is. So let's go on and continue to see what the scriptures really tell us. So what we understand here is this, is that when we have that unhealthy relationship with money, it complicates so many things. It complicates our motivation and our management of it, our motivation for it, to get it, and our management for it, of it. Like, so what, what does that mean? Here's, here's, um, here's Mark. Mark writes down an incident uh, that Jesus is, um, is uh, experienced, and I think it's a teaching moment uh, for all of us. And so here's what it says. It says, Jesus sat down um, near the collection box in the temple. Now, first of all, let's stop right there. That's just odd right there, right? Could you imagine uh, your pastor, me, just standing by like the tithe box and saying, okay, let me see what you drop in there. I mean, that's just strange. So Jesus does this. I mean, obviously he's not sitting right next to it. He's kind of watching from a distance, right? And he watched the crowds drop, uh, drop, um, crowds dro drop in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Right here, Jesus is talking about the motivation of when we have money and when we get money and why, why we spend sometimes the money. Because we want to either let everybody know we have it or let everybody know we're generous. There's something about our motives that, that, that gets really strange when it comes to money. Jesus here is saying, hey, this, this, there is a conversation about motivation and there's a conversation about management that you need to understand. Here, he actually talks about this idea of like possibly percentages. 
Like he's not, he's not, he's not saying, okay, well, let's just count the money that this poor woman did versus the rich people. Okay. But how much did the rich people actually put in? He's talking about a deeper issue. Like, uh, like how much importance, like a percentage, like she gave a hundred percent and they maybe gave 1%. He says they gave a tiny part of their surplus. You see, at the end of the day, it's so easy for us to go, oh, wow, wow. well, I gave this much amount and I gave this much amount. I give this, this much amount. But when we focus on our amounts, when we focus on getting amounts, giving amounts, we actually end up mismanaging our lives and having an unhealthy relationship with money. In fact, it's all about understanding percentages, like how much importance, because that's what importance is, uh, percentages, how much um, focus, how much I'm going to, of, of what I have is going to go to a certain need or a certain expense. I'm, I'm telling you, this truth here will blow your mind. It's not just talking about mo- uh, generosity. It's not just talking about being all in or giving. No, it's talking about the idea that when we mess up our management of money, when we mess up our percentages of money, of how much we give and how much we spend and how uh, how much we uh, invest, when we mess these up, we actually end up being the, being the moral of this story. Like the story is that she gave 100% away. So what is that, how does that translate? Well, I think it, how it translates in a very practical sense. Now, again, I'm not a financial advisor by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I am a spiritual advisor. And on Thursdays, I read hands. Actually, I don't. I don't read hands. I don't, I don't do that. I just, I just thought a spiritual advisor was kind of a... Anyways, whatever. But I don't. But I do know that your spirituality is definitely connected to your finances. I mean, definitely. There's no way because our spiritual condition sometimes is, we link it to our financial condition, uh, i.e. hashtag blessed. I mean, we talk about prosperity gospel. We talk about the idea of that because we just link it together. Our spirituality and our finances kind of come together. Well, here, Jesus, I hope you understand, is, is making a point of like that we need to be people that are, uh, are, are great at managing the resources. But we have to make sure that we don't put all our heart in them. So he's, con- he's, he's talking to us about like where was the heart of the person, the rich person or rich people? Where was the heart of this poor person? What kind of heart? Like he's talking about hearts. Now, all of that to say, again, I just believe it's about management. It's about percentages. It's about understanding what that looks like. In fact, um, like I said, I'm not a you know spiritual, I mean, not a financial advisor. I, I think though, I think it's connected to the kind of money, the way we spend, manage our money when it comes to our past, our present, and our future. Yes, I said our past, present, and future. Let me explain. I think there are patterns in this, okay? So, so here's, here's a couple of questions for you. Number one, okay? Um, so when it comes to your money management, how much, okay, how much percentage, how much of it are you paying off your past with? When it comes to your past, because I think some of us, are, we spend a majority of our money paying off our past. What does paying off your past mean? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That past awesome idea that you're now paying for. That amazing 
college degree, which everybody thought was a great idea. Now you're stuck with thousands of money that you're still paying. The, the, the car that you're like, oh, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. Guess what? You're still paying it off. For some of us, it is like, you know, it's it's debt. It's serious debt. I mean, you know, uh, there is there's legitimate debt. Uh, there are people who, even in this season, have have had to go to the hospital, and you've got now these bills. I mean, I get that. I get that. And you're paying off your past. But for some of us, I think we just have to stop and go, man, majority of my money, I'm paying off my past with. Like when your credit card bill is 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 like about 60% of your paycheck, you got a problem. When your car payment is so high, guess what you're doing? You're paying off your past, which is not the smartest thing to do. Or, or when it comes to your present, you are maintaining your present. You're keeping up with your present. In fact, you're keeping up with whoever you want to keep up with. All the people on Instagram, I don't know. But you're keeping up with your lifestyle. You're keeping up how much of your money you are, are you spending on maintaining your present. Again, friends, I mean, let me just say this, okay? I mean, I am so glad. I'm so glad I'm married to Ashley Fossil because I I like stuff. I like I like to buy stuff. I like to have stuff. And for some reason, I'm not good at math, you know? And I go, what? I spent so much on what? I don't, I don't know because I don't know how, I don't, uh, why do these add up? Like at the end of the month, I'm like, what? I spent what? I cannot, no, there's no way I did. And like Ashley's like, you want me, sh- you want me to show you how, what you did? And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess I did. I guess I did, I guess I did. But here's the problem. I love the present, like to do it, like to be in it. Here, 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 here it is. And what, what happens is sometimes is that um, so many of us, because we don't have a game plan, we just spend most of our money on our present. That means we're going out to eat every night. We're doing all kinds of things that we really shouldn't be doing. Again, it's not an amount of money. It's about the percentage that you have. And out of the what you have, what are you doing? Paying off your past, maintaining your present, or are you investing in your future? Investing in your future, what does that mean? I mean, that means the money you give away um, for and, and, and tithe or you um, just give to other people. It's uh, And you're thinking, that's not investing. That's just giving away money. No, no. It's actually investing in someone else's future. So you're investing in that. For example, people who give to Mosaic, uh, you know what they're doing? Um, I know why they're doing it. They're not doing it because they love me and they, they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you have such an amazing talk on giving. No, they understand the value of investing in other people's future, spiritual future. And so that's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're doing that. And I, I mean, we do that. And so it's about investing um, and giving. It's about um, saving as well. And then it's about truly putting money aside, maybe truly investing, not just the idea of giving, investing, but like investments. So how much of your money are you investing into your future? Because if you and I, if you're, you know, if you have my tendencies to just maintain your present, then you can spend all your money there. Um, And if you are just paying off your past, then there is no money for the future. And most of the of the people in the U.S. live like this. They're either paying off their past or they're maintaining their present, not really investing in their future. And I've 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 seen people, just great people, and have great success. 
they don't have a game plan for their future. And as they get older, they find themselves actually broke, dependent on other people, depend on their families to take care of them. Friends, we have to understand these percentages. We have to understand, like, we, we have to, like, figure out what it looks like. For some people, you know, they've done this 80, I mean, sorry, yeah, 10, 10, 80 plan, like, they give away 10%, they save 10%, uh, they live on 80%. I don't know what it is for you, uh, but you, you and I have to figure this out. This is a conversation for you to have and to figure out what this looks like. And this is so, so important. Again, why? Because the way we manage other treasures, uh, right, is shaping our hearts. The way we manage our money is speaking into who we are becoming. And I'll tell you what, I mean, you know, uh, I remember uh, a lot of things about my dad and, uh, you know, he passed away a couple of years ago and there's so many cool memories, but one of the things I learned about my dad is that he always, he, 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 like, he always gave first, like he, giving, giving came so easy for him. Like mom would protect stuff, right? And I'm glad she did protect stuff, but dad would just give away stuff. He would, he would be extremely generous. Like he led the way of generosity. If I'm generous at all, it's because of my dad. Like, um, he, he would like, he loved to spend money. He, he loved, he loved clothes. I love clothes. You know, there's a lot of similarities, but man, he, um, um, he was generous to his kids. He was generous to, uh, to his brothers. He was generous just to people. And I, I'm glad I learned that from him. Let me read you a passage that I attribute to him in a different way. You, you might've heard this before, but it's in Proverbs 13. And it says this, a benevolent man leaves an inheritance that endures to his children's children. Uh, uh, and other translation says a wise man or a good uh, man or a good people leave an inheritance, not just for their kids, but for their kids' kids. And when I think of my dad and I think of like when it comes to how he managed his money, I, I think of the fact that he left an inheritance that wasn't like money, it was character. It was, it was a certain kind of person you're supposed to be that, that I want to transfer down to generations and generations and generations as well. And it's so important for us to understand that, not just with a practical inheritance, but also you are pouring, you are, you are leaving an inheritance of your character, of your integrity, and the kind of person you are to your kids' kids. And they're going to look at your life. See, again, friends, how we manage the sometimes the most expensive things in our lives depend says so much to uh, about the most significant relationships in our lives they're connected so 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 connected so let me end, let me end with um let me end with the uh, two big questions okay two big questions okay and this these are these are these are i mean these are i think these are great questions because i've had to wrestle with them okay number one what kind of person are you becoming because of your unhealthy relationship with money. Well, who are you choosing? Um, you know, who, who, like, are you choosing money over people, over character, over generosity, over integrity, over love? Are you choosing money over even God? Like, he, another, way, another way to ask this question is, is, is uh, how do you treat people with your money? How do you treat God with your money? I mean, everybody says a whole lot of stuff and all that, but man, you can tell a lot 
about people's values, their integrity, their the kind of people they're becoming by their spending habits. It's just true. It's just the reality. It's just the buck stops here. I mean, you can say whatever you want to, but you know and I know there are people, billionaires, and there are people with so much prosperity, so much success, and they can say whatever they want to. But you know, when you look at their lives, you can say, okay, you can say, okay, 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 this kind of person, this kind of person, and the, this person is really this kind of, this kind of individual. It, it gets, again, it's Jesus going, yeah, 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 you can say whatever you want, and you can live the hashtag blessed life and your prosperity and all that, all that. I'm just telling you that I'm, if I'm sitting here and I'm watching who's dropping in where and where your money is going, I can tell. I can tell. And it's shaping your soul, friends. Matthew here, uh, Matthew 16 says this, reminds us, says, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? Friends, it's a soul question. No doubt about it. So is it? See, some of us are chasing the economy. You know that. You're chasing the market. You're chasing, chasing, chasing. You're chasing money. And I, I get it. I mean, you live, you know, you grew up poor. You you came from not a great situation. You're like, I never want to be poor. I get that. Frankly, I'll tell you this. When it comes to my unhealthy relationship with money or and, and spending habits and all that, it comes from my past. I mean, my dad was generous and we, 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 we you know, but um, we didn't have a whole lot. And I remember when I first came to the, to the States, I mean, uh, I mean, I had to pay for my own education. I had to beg our president of our college to give me a scholarship because I couldn't afford international uh, fees. I mean, it was, it was a bad scene. And I was broke, 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 broke. And, uh, it, you know, I get it. And I never wanted to be that. I think that's what drives me. Um, I understand that. But understand that I have to choose the most important things in my life. I have to choose people and relationships over money that will not last. I have to choose this, the, the peace of God over the presence of cash. I have to choose all of those things. So, so let me ask you a question again. What kind of person are you becoming because of your unhealthy relationship with money? How, what, how is it shaping the second question is, what will it take? What will it take to change? What will it take to change you? What will it take? It will, oh, I mean, to get it together financially. What, what, what is it for you? In light of everything that I've said, what has stood out to you? And what are you going to do? Is there a conversation you have to have? Is there an intentional plan that you got to submit to? Is it supernatural power that you need? I mean, what is it? And what is it going to take for you to change as, as in, what are you going to have to like, um, you know, swallow? Is it your pride? Is it your ego? Is it your ability to figure this stuff all by yourself? Is it a sense of like, I am who I am and no one can tell me? Like, what is it, friends? We need wisdom when it comes to this. No one's good at managing money just like they're born with it. It doesn't work. In fact, I'm convinced that I actually would not make a good rich person. Like there's some people, they're just great rich people. They are. They're just great. And then you met people, they are terrible rich people. Okay. I mean, I'm. I would be a terrible poor person too, but but I'm a terrible rich person too. I think I need help. 
So what would it take for you and I to change and get it together financially, friends? Because it is shaping some of us. You know, come on. Some of us, you, some of you, you want to be generous. You really, really, really want to be generous, but you can't be. Why? Because you've messed up your, you messed up your, uh, uh, your percentages. You're paying off your past. You're too busy. You have no money left. Uh, some of you guys want to support uh, nonprofits, support Mosaic, but you can't. You can't. Uh, some of you guys will want to manage your uh, money in such a way that actually makes money, that your money makes money for you, but you can't. You want to break free from the anxiety and the stress, and you 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 you, you can't because it, because you 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 you're like, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? You live day to day, paycheck to paycheck. Your anxiety, your freedom, your joy is connected to this the pieces of paper that we have made up and given value to. I mean, friends, isn't life more than that? Of course it is. Of course it is. So. What is it going to take for you to do that? What is it? I love this proverb. Um, this is one of my life proverbs here. Um, uh, it's, it's again, I, I, I'm going to read to you in the Passion Translation. It's paraphrased. It's so good, though. It's so good. Okay? It says this. Empty out of my heart everything that is false. Every lie. Like, the, the writer here is saying, God, I know there are certain things I believe about. Money, people, things the world around me, reality as I know it. There's so many things. There's so many lies that I've told myself. He said, just empty those out, every lie, and every crooked crooked thing, like everything that's not really healthy and whole, so just take it out. And then he says this, and give me neither, neither undue poverty uh, or undue wealth. Like he says, I, I, I don't want to be poor, and I don't want to be rich. He says, don't give me either one of those, but rather, he says, feed my soul with the measure of prosperity that pleases you. Man, feed my soul with the measure of prosperity that pleases you. See, I'll tell you why it's so important to me. Because for some of us, this, the lack of money or having too much, the mismanagement of money, is shaping our identity and our souls. And friends, we are much more than that. You are much more than that. So what is it going to take? What is it going to take? Can I pray for you? Could you imagine though? Could you, could you imagine breaking free from this? I want to pray that you would. I want to pray that you would. So let's do it. Lord God, thank you so much for this conversation. I know that, God, I know that for so many of us, our joy, our satisfaction, our peace, our anxiety, all of that is connected to our resources. It is. We do certain things, God, they're even dumb things. We know because we just want people to see us in a particular light. And it's just, they're, just, they're just, they're not smart. God, they, they, they put us in even more debt. God, there's some things that we're doing, God, and we don't know what we're actually doing, but we're too prideful to actually ask for help. Because we just want to figure it out, out all on our own. Father, I pray. I pray for my friends here, God, that you would speak to them. And they would have the courage to do what you are saying to them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.